Hey folks, this is Gary. We're back with the uh, Paranormal, excuse me, Poor Boys Paranormal Podcast. Here we was talking about scripted and I messed up the title line with <laughs> Mr. Uh, Joe DeHoya, one of my good friends from down in South Texas. We've known each other a while. Y'all have actually heard him on another show that I was on. Uh, the, uh, I can't think of the name of the show. Do you remember? No. BRRS. Let's see. Uh, beyond reality radio show yeah that was it something like that but uh he was on an episode of it but like i said i've known joe quite a while and we are going to do an introductory today let you tell a little bit of uh, joe tell a little bit of his experiences and we are then going to bring him on as one of our field correspondence now there's a difference and let me redefine this a field researcher for us is anybody that comes on that researches any cryptid or paranormal event a uh, field correspondent he will if there's times that i can't be here he will be stepping in in part of the administration side of it and he will be on on regular on a semi-regular basis doing co-hosting uh, the reason we're doing that is because i'm wanting to get them in different geographical areas to where uh we can have people if you're in that area he can come over and talk to you so in saying that mr joe i'm going to give you the microphone and i'm going to sit back and play with the audio and let you take it away brother all right well thank you uh good to be on your show uh it's always good talking to you my name is uh, uh joe de hoyos uh, I'm, I'm here in texas actually just uh north of houston um i've been doing this uh for about seven years the whole Bigfoot thing, and um, I got into it, uh, I guess, after watching all the Bigfoot shows, you know, but I've always been interested in it, and that's something me and Gary were talking about. I had a neighbor years ago when I was uh, very young. He would always talk about ghosts and paranormal and Bigfoot stuff, and, of course, watching the In Search of programs and the other different programs, I was I really got involved in it kind of early, and I even remember checking out a book in the library uh, it had Bigfoot stuff in it, and it had like uh, different kind of paranormal stuff, like human, like uh, combustion, you know, things like that. Wow! You know, I remember checking out that book, and uh, so yeah, so I, I'm a member of uh, uh, William Jevons Group, the Jevons Research Group. Uh, you know, he's a good guy. So I know probably a lot of you guys know who he is. You know, I, I, he showed me a lot of stuff. So uh, he's definitely one of my mentors. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here in Texas. If anybody needs a uh, some assistance or wants to learn more you know i'm not saying i'm an expert but you know i think i know a little bit about the subject and uh, i know i'm learning all the time when i go out that's for sure oh yeah i mean there's no way we could learn uh everything there is to know about this and and i one of my favorite quotes i like to say and joe you've heard me say it is the more i find out about this subject the more i find out i don't know about this subject because it's yeah. always changing <laughs> it's always and, and just just when you think you got an answer you wind up having 10 more questions you, know? <laughs> you ain't joking you're not joking well uh one thing i'd like to uh get with you is you know some of your experiences you you travel that uh south texas up into sam houston area and you've had some pretty uh interesting uh, experiences up there and you've sent me some audio clips and stuff which we can edit those in or actually i'd probably rather do that on a following show and let you present that evidence and we can mm -hmm. and, and get it that way but uh get into some of your uh your experiences you've had down there because you've had some interesting experiences down there yeah yeah 
like when I first started going out, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was just kind of wandering around the forest, you know, I was taking my kids and my family out there. And, um, but it didn't take me long before I started realizing that some of the stuff I was seeing, I was seeing these trees that were bowed over, you know, and they were like wedged, like from one tree to the other. It, uh, like, like if there was a fork in the tree, that tree was, was bent and it was, it was using that fork in the, in, the, in the tree next to it to hold it. It was just it was the weirdest thing, and I saw several of those markers. But at the time, I didn't know what I was looking at until I started reading more and doing my own research and find out that these archers are a thing that they did. Um, you know, we started hearing you know vocals. I was like, what the heck is that? Because I grew up hunting, I grew up fishing, grew up camping, you know, and uh, started hearing these you know the wood knocks. The first time I started hearing these wood knocks, I had no idea what was going on. What the heck is that? You know. Someone's playing, you know, baseball out here, batting practice, you know. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and then I started doing more research, and I could finally realized that, you know, it probably wasn't the safest thing taking my kids out there, you know. So then I started finding people in my area who was uh, who had been going out, had more experience, and, you know. So that's how I kind of got started. And uh, started. Now, now, for the most part, I go out by myself now. You know, I know you probably shouldn't, but. Uh, I had a team at one time, but you know we've all kind of grown apart, you know. And, uh, and then I had moved away for a little bit out of Houston, and now I'm back in Houston, so I'm starting to starting to build all up again. That uh that area down there, I've you know, with my son being down there, I I come down there some, and then being down there in the oil field, the area is is real unique, uh, even with a in a historical sense that. It's like that whole belt right there north of, of Houston. I think they call it the the hill country. Is is that stretches? That's kind of closer to Austin area. Is it? Yeah, the, the hill but country. It's almost like a, a belt of trees that comes across there. But that whole area stretching all the way across there, even into Louisiana, has a historical history of these animals. You know, all kinds of animals, yeah. and then. Here recently, you know, of course, everybody in the in the cryptic community knows about you know the uh, Sam Houston being you know a hotbed for not only, and we'll get into that more here lately, but not only for Bigfoot but for dogmen too. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know what it is unless it's just a such a remote area, but it doesn't seem that remote to me because I drive through there, you know, to to come from Oklahoma to Houston. But it, it's sure a thick area, and that's, you know, some of the areas you get into back there is, is so thick, you kind of break brush to even get to them. It, you know, it, it's so thick. I mean, you could hide dinosaurs back there and never see them, you know? And that's one thing I think people don't realize. You know, they're so thick, and the brush is so tall, and they have vines. You know, yeah, you, you're right. You, you, you couldn't even get back there with a machete. It'd take you, you know, all day to move 20 yeah. feet, you know? Yeah, and by the and, time and, you're chopping with a machete, they're done out of the area. So yeah, it's, you know, or any animals out of that area by the time you're done. Uh, and, uh, and, and and you know that forest, you know, if you've driven all the way down here. I mean, you can go from here to Oklahoma to Arkansas. Where, you know, yeah. we went to Falk, and you you see nothing but forest. Yeah, yeah, you might get breaks here and there, but you know, geographically speaking, the forest it doesn't have that many breaks in it, and they're not that far apart, especially for for any kind of wild animal. Yeah. You know? Uh, where I'm at, like I said, just a little bit north of Houston, but there's plenty of buildings, plenty of construction. I can still, I, I still see deer, you know. Uh, so deer can make it down here. What, you know, anything else can make it down oh, here. Oh yeah. You know, uh, subdivisions are having problems with coyotes and hogs. You know, uh, the all the way to Louisiana. 
you know, all the way to Louisiana, there's forest, you know. Um, and then not to mention, we talk about the hill country. I was out in that area for uh, almost a year. And that whole area, I mean, it's so hilly. There's so many ravines, so many creeks, and they're deep. Anything can move around in there. I think there's a misconception about cover means uh, the canopies. Yeah. Cover is anything you can hide in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and it, these things are so deep. You know, the ravines and the creeks and the rivers, they're so deep. Anything can move around there. No one would ever see it, even in the daytime. Yeah. You know, something else I was thinking about that I was talking to actually my son about that, uh, you know, the Houston area, there seems to be an influx of sightings and reports up there in the woodlands and stuff like that. I'm almost wondering if it's because the, the human populace is pushing farther out, like you were saying, with all the new construction and the uh, uh, subdivisions and everything moving, because Houston has expanded dramatically in the last 30, 40 years. I mean, it's pushing north, you know. You, Matter of fact, I can remember when I first joined the uh, oil field, the Woodlands and Houston used to be separated oh, yeah. by a little ways, and now it's like you leave into one and drive straight in. You can't tell where the you know where yeah. the where the difference is, and I wonder if that might have uh, you know part of the the reason they're having the influx of sightings because more people are getting out now. They're trying to get away from the Houston populous area and try to expand out into the into the like the same national same houston national forest you know hiking and camping and stuff like that yeah yeah um yeah there was a time when uh if you lived out it's, it's called spring it's between the woodlands and houston uh which is only maybe about 30 minute drive from my house if that and if you lived in spring you lived out in the country you know that's just the way it was now is now it's a very well developed area you know yeah um but yeah the, yeah the, you know the woodlands they still have uh signage from occasion you know on, on the outskirts you know from law enforcement, from construction workers, you know, things like that. You know, uh, uh, yeah, we're, I think we're just encroaching in uh, on their habitat. I think, uh, I can't remember when it was. I think it, me and you was talking about it at, at Falk or on one of our discussions with uh, the SBA guys, with Shane and them, about uh, another reason they might be a popula population boom of even of the of the Sasquatch down in there is it, it coincides with the hogs. You mentioned hogs earlier. They're saying that the hogs down there, I know who it was. It was me and you and Ernie talking about it, it in a uh, Falk when he came up with you. Uh, Cause he liked to hog hunt so much. And he said that there, it's almost an epidemic down there. Now there's so many hogs running all over that place down there. And, you know, I, I got to thinking about that and I wonder if they're not feeding off of them and causing them to, yeah, I think, really, I think an easy meal. There's a just to the east of Houston. There's a place called Dayton, and a few years ago, a lady called me up. She, she said she was having trouble. Um, she thought she had one of these creatures on her on her, on her property. Mm -hmm. I went there. I didn't find any evidence that she had uh, Bigfoot on her property, but I found plenty of uh, of hog signs. She said they were coming up in the middle of the night, rubbing up against her her trailer. But there were definitely the, the hog markers that were tearing up around the church. So I figured that's what it was, that that's what it is. But in, in recently, uh, there's been sightings out in that area called Dayton. So I'm wondering if maybe they were coming up. I just didn't find any signs. You know? Well, wasn't the uh, – there's a pretty popular report of the deer hunter, or was it a turkey hunter, was sitting up, in a, up next to a tree, and a hog jumped out and caught a 
I mean, a, a, bo a booger. I'm gonna, that's what I call them, folks. A booger jumped out and grabbed a hog and slammed it up against a tree and carried it off underneath its arm. That yeah. was down in that area, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too far. It was, it was in, in uh, East Texas, but what was not too far from that place called Dayton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think he was actually a hog hunter himself. It might have very well could have been. And, uh, yeah. I, well, the thing I liked about that story is that it says as it was walking away, it turned around and looked at him. Like, yeah, yeah. I knew you were there. You know, I knew you were there. You know, and, and doing this this podcast thing and doing all these interviews for, you know, the different groups, I, I'm seeing a consistency in it's almost like these. And that's what a, I did a little video clip earlier. And we also got into it in another podcast that I uh, talk, spoke in a roundtable that these things are so smart. If you do see them, it's because they want you to see them. And they know we're there. I mean, they I, just like the one that I, I discussed in one of my previous episodes with Randy, you know, the one that I seen, you know, the story where it looked in the truck at me. He knew what he was doing. They're smarter than what we think they are. You know, they're, it's, it's spooky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I think realistically, when people say I saw one, or it was an accident, or it was a chance encounter. I don't think those are uh, chance encounters too much. I think the chance encounters happen, of course. Yeah. I don't think they happen as much as people think they do. I think there's always a reason, you know, whether they're using themselves as a distraction or trying to lure you yeah, away from something, head. you know. That's what I think. I think a lot of it is just to get, you know, divert your attention for whatever reason. You yeah. know, there could be several reasons why they're trying to do that, but I, I don't think there's as many accidents as what people think. I, I totally agree with you. We even discussed a little bit about the, uh, you know, the whole Patty, the Bob Gimlin and Patty thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly believe that she was doing that just to, get their attention just yeah. so the rest of them could move off you know yeah. and there there's such a consistency in that when you take multiple reports you know and uh it's such consistency and it's not just in your area or my area it's all over it's almost like it's an ingrained ingrown behavior for them yeah well you know you you because you can hear all the time how these things just appear out of nowhere where people will look up and the things literally standing right there no one heard anything no one saw anything until yeah. you looked up and saw the creature and then you hear other reports where they make all kinds of racket. They're letting you know they're, you know, they're around. So, I, I you know, I think if, if um, they sneak up on you to let you see them and not make any noise, they're doing it on purpose. Whether to freak you out, scare you out, scare you away from the yeah. area, whatever. And, uh, of course, we've all heard the, the stories where people say, you know what, this thing showed up out of nowhere. I never heard it going, but they heard it leaving. So there's a reason why they, you know, they, you know, they sneak up on you, and there's a reason why they make noise. They can, they can get you at any time they want to. You know. Oh yeah, and you know it's it's. I'm glad you actually brought that sub broached that subject a little bit about just showing up out of nowhere. Uh, I've been on a kind of a mission here lately to kind of educate and just mention. I, I can't say educate because I don't know any more about these guys than anybody else, folks. But I do know a lot about tactical survival in the woods and a lot of folks i honestly think that think these things are more supernatural let's rephrase that think these things are more paranormal you know in a in a spiritual sense i think a lot of it is they are just literally supernatural they are so natural and so comfortable in their environment that they can sneak up on us and just raise up out of nowhere. I mean, Joe, you yourself have, have been in the woods. You've told me stories of some of the woods are so thick down there that one could reach out of a trail and grab you and you'd never know it, you know, 
these guys are so well adapted for their that terrain because they're raised there uh, like where us humans i used this analogy the other day i said most teenagers nowadays can type on a cell phone without even looking at it with it in their pocket because that's what they're raised to do it well if you take that amount of talent and that amount of dedication over a period of years that's what a, a sasquatch does in the woods but it's hiding it's surviving and it's it's almost abnormal, but it's not for them. You know, it's what's normal for them is abnormal for us. I'm sure they look at us with these cameras and stuff like, what are they doing? You know, they do understand. I think they understand that the cameras are bad for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're, they're definitely worried about anything that uh, we have in our hands. Yeah, and that could come from the years of having guns, you know, shooting guns at them. Because I will personally testify, they do recognize firearms. Mm -hmm. When I grabbed when I grabbed the pistol off the dash of my truck, when it, came up it it looked at me looked at it looked at me and went uh, the opposite direction <laughs> but uh one of the things uh you had mentioned the last time we talked and you had sent me some pictures of some tracks uh why don't you get into that experience where this last you know where you went out and you found the tracks and uh okay by the yes. bridge so uh what's that been at least two months ago maybe a little bit longer yeah. Um, we had got some really bad thunderstorms like two weeks in a row, back to back weekends, a lot of flooding here in the Houston area. Um, and up there in San Houston, they, they definitely got their share. Uh, and there are places that are, they're in the San Houston that are still closed because of Harvey, believe it or not. Um, there's uh, there's one particular bridge that is that is closed to the public, but people that live back there, they're allowed to use it. But uh, so we went back to this uh, particular campground and they had the barricades there. And, so we were like, man, we're just going to go around it. We just drive around it. So we just drove around it, you know. Um, there were people out, and that's, there's a, it's, a, it's a lake right there. I don't want to say the name of the lake. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, it, it's a common lake, you know. Um, so, there, so there are definitely people out there that, are, that were fishing. And uh, and there were very – some of you guys were right near the, uh, the shoreline. But there was nobody there in the campground. So we get there. We, we park. We walk up a little ways to the uh, trailhead. And this is, and in this area, about three years ago, I found some five-inch tracks, two sets. And about a year previous to that, I took a picture of them. And I didn't even, I would just take pictures of the woods. That, I, I do that sometimes. I just take pictures of the woods and later on try to go back and analyze it. But I'm not one of these people to say, hey, there's something here, you know. It's yeah. got to be pretty obvious for me to say it's there. Because I've shown people pictures and they're like, they start circling 100 circles, you know, and I don't, when they start doing that, I just kind of leave them alone because there's no way you got 30 animals in this one area. Yeah. But anyway, so I actually posted pictures on Facebook, and a friend of mine, uh, Gabriel, contacted me and said, hey, man, you got something in this picture right here, and he zoomed in on it, and he showed it to me. It was definitely a, a dark object standing next to a tree. Or, so I said, well, sometimes uh, when bark peels off, they, it, it can actually peel off, like, you know, like a whole sheet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, well, maybe that's what it is. And so I called my buddy Lupe and I said, hey, you want to check this out? And he said, well, we'll go up there. You know? So two weeks later, we went to the same area. So I wanted to get a, um, a comparison shot. And uh, there was nothing there. The, the, the tree was there. It was untouched. Mm -hmm. The bark was still on it. So Lupe goes over there. He stands next to it. He, and, uh, I told him to pick his hand up. He raises his hand up. And um, let's see. His hand was at seven feet up in the air when he held it up. So when I did the side by side, 
whatever it was was still like another six inches taller than his hand. Yeah, I remember that. You sent that to yeah. me. Yeah. So, was... yeah, and it's just, it, there's nothing, to, you know, definitive, of course, but that object was in that one picture, and then two weeks later, that object was in, isn't in that picture, you know. Because um, there was a couple of things I thought, like I said, I thought it could be the sheet, a bark coming off. I thought maybe a lightning strike, you know, because you see that stuff all the time, too, in the forest, you know, he's been struck by lightning, and there's a big yeah. burnt-out stump. Um, you know, so you see stuff like that. So, uh, you know, whatever whatever was in that picture is a very interesting picture, you know, for sure. Yeah. Now, how, how close was that? How close was that in in distance to where you found the tracks in that lake that you was talking about? Um, in, in, in that creek, uh, I don't know, 100 yards, 125 yards the most. Wow. You know? So in, in saying that, that was how long ago? That picture was three years ago, I want to say. I, I know I got the date on that picture. It, it may yeah. have been 2016. The the reason yeah. I, the reason I'm asking this is we're I'm trying to set up a, a dialogue for a history, you know, a backstory yeah. up to. Yeah. So you you have a, a history of experiences that not uh, might not be inconclusive to to Bigfoot or but you've definitely got a history of abnormal stuff happening in that yeah. 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 to where now. But then, like I said, the following year I found a five inch, two five inch footprints. It's probably the same creature. But they were definitely, you know, footprints. They weren't, yeah. you know, uh, claw marks or paw marks or hoof marks. They were footprints. Yeah. You know? like I said they were five inches, and I'll keep myself all the time because I let the guy that was with me, I let him talk to me for not taking a picture of it. I, I just, I just should have taken a picture of it, you know. But he was freaking out because uh, there was some other stuff that happened anyway. So. I, well, I, I, talk, I, talk about it because we're doing okay, paranormal so, too. <laughs> it well, all I, I ties together, brother. Yeah. Well, I, I did want to get off the track about the, the uh, about the recent one I found. We, uh, we'll get back to it. I'm good at bringing okay. you back around. So, so the same day that I, we found the five-inch tracks, uh, we had walked this whole trail. It's, 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 it's the Lone Star Trail, and it's a very long trail. So along this trail, uh, I actually found uh, a tree that was bent, you know, and uh, I was checking this tree out, and it was, it, it, it was off trail quite a bit, and I had uh, you know, I told my kids and the family, hey, you know, wait right here, you know, uh, you know, because they don't know, I don't want them running into snakes and stuff, you know. So I, I turned around and I seen uh, this person I was with banging on the side of a tree with a stick. And I yelled out, I said, hey, I said, I said don't do that, you know. And even my <laughs> kids were, were, even my kids got mad and were like, don't be doing that. You know, why are you banging on that tree? So I I, I kind of got mad. And I was a little bit flustered. I couldn't believe this person did that, you know. So come out, come to find out later on, uh, we, after we got home, my kids told me, yeah, you know, we heard a wood knock, and you know, she started doing that. I said, what? Yeah, we heard a wood knock. I said, why didn't y'all tell me, you know? So anyway, they heard the wood knock. They heard like two or three wood knocks. So this person wow. picked up a stick and starts trying to respond to it. And that they didn't say there's a squatch in these woods, did there? No, no, they didn't. <laughs> and no. So as we're walking down further down uh, down this down this trail, my youngest daughter she had some earbuds in her ear, and we're coming around this bend, and I hear people talking, or what I think is talking, you know. So I I, I yelled out to her and said, "Hey, Matt," and she turns around and said, "Get back over here," because she was maybe 25, 30 feet, you know. I said, "Get back over here," you know, and I had to have to call her like two or three times because she couldn't hear me, and I didn't want her to walk into anybody or anybody walk into her, you know, when they come around that corner. Yeah. And uh, so she came back, and I said, this way those people have come out, and, you know, we'll just walk, you know. 
So we stood there. We waited, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds, and nobody ever showed up. So we walked around the, you know, the bend. It, it, it turned to our right, and there was nobody there. But I wow. heard voices. But I heard voices. I, it, was, it was clear. I, I mean, it definitely sounded like, a couple, like at least a couple of people talking. Wow. And so, uh, and, you know, and the group I was with, they heard it too, and they were like, yeah, there was, there was somebody coming. Or at least they heard the voices. Come. We didn't hear any footprints, uh, 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 any footsteps. We heard voices. And so I was like, man, that was weird, you know. So by this time, the buddy I was with, he was, he was kind of like on edge because he, cause he was a non-believer. And we had yeah. told him about the, uh, some of the stuff, like about, about the wood knocking. About, I, had, I had let him hear um, the, the gibberish, of, you know, the, the samurai chatter. Yeah, yeah. So I had let him hear that prior before, before we went up there. I was kind of briefing him on a lot of stuff. So when we got there, he heard the wood knocks. He started freaking out. Oh. And I told him, I said, this, in this particular area, every time I go up there and I whistle, I always get a whistle back, you know? And is that the area that you sent me the whistle from, that audio? Um, up if no, you... that was from uh, Kelly's Pond. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. So with, with Kelly's Pond, I always get a response from them, too. Yeah. And, uh, well, not always, but, you know, 90% of the time I get a response. So anyway, so when we got there, and we had to, yeah, right away I had to say, hey, man, I, you know, I got to use the restroom, you know, so. I was over there off to the side doing my business, and I saw so I whistled, and man, a whistle came right back. And he, <laughs> he, he, he turned his head, and he looked at me, and I, I said, he said, nah, that was a bird. I said, well, whistle. And he whistled, and the whistle came back. You know, too. So he was already kind of freaking out by this point. So as we get further ahead, we find that, you know, we find the, uh, uh, you know, you know, we heard the voices, you know, whatever you want to call it, the chatter. You know, and yeah. it, 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 it could have been anything else, I guess, any other animal, you know. I'm open to suggestions, but it sounded like two people talking, at least two. Um, so we get ahead. We're going down the trail, and my oldest, she gets ahead of me. And I see her stop, and she comes back, and she's got her eyes big as saucers. Here. She says, hey, something just grunted at me. I said, what, is it a deer? And she says, no, because, you know, they've been in the woods with me, too. Yeah. So we've all heard deer grunt and blow at you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and she goes, no, that's not what that was. I said, was it a hog? And she goes, no, definitely wasn't a hog, you know, because, you know. Some of these sounds are unmistakable. Once you've, you know, once you've heard them and you hear it again, you know what it is. Oh, yeah, know? definitely. You know, so you don't have to, you know, people always put the, I'm an experienced woodsman. Well, some of these sounds, you don't need to be experienced. Anyway, so, you know, but regardless, they've heard them quite a bit. And uh, so she's like, no, that's not what it was. She goes, whatever it was, it sounded deeper and more breathier is what she told me. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. So by this time, my buddy, he's like, he's on edge. And I, I could tell, like, look in his eye, he was ready to go. So we get down to this creek, that same creek, and that's where we found the two five-inch cats. And uh, uh, so that was, a, that was a good day that day. You know, so you had, you had uh, stuff happening all the way down there and then found the tracks. Yeah. So the, And that was prior to you finding the tracks this last time. That's, yeah. you know, that's just more, to me, that, that makes for a good descriptive, uh, I, I like to put it, story. I mean, when I say story, but it, that, all that evidence leads up to where you find yeah. the tracks. Yeah. It, I, it drives me nuts when people just show me a track. I found this. Well, what happened when you went in? Well, I don't remember. I just yeah. remember the track. Well, yeah. to me, yeah. that's not enough evidence. Dude, you have no idea how you're bringing this up. Because uh, on, on, on that same trip that, that, that we found a five-inch tracks, everything leading up to that, my, my daughter, was, took, I, I, I would tell her, take pictures of the woods, take pictures of the woods. 
you know, and we'll go back and, and we'll review them. And I didn't send you the picture that you took. And man, it looks like a little Ewok is looking behind a tree, you know. Very well, yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's actually in that one picture, it, it looks like 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 two Ewoks. And I, I, I've always felt that this area was like a place for like juveniles. Well, that would explain the smaller tracks too. Yeah. So this was all in one day, and I, I, and I'll send you that uh, that picture. But uh, um, so. You know, like I said, the year later is when I took the picture and I found that, that, that big, large object, you know. And then this leads up to this footprint that I found uh, a couple yeah. months ago, you know, the uh, of the 8-inch track. I posted that picture in another group, and I said, hey, check out this track. And someone looked at it and said, it's probably fake. You know, did, you know didn't ask me, hey, what's the history of this place? What was the circumstances? me nuts. You know? Yeah, oh, hey, trust me, a few years ago, I probably would have flipped out. But I, at this point, I was just like, you know what? You know, you got to ask questions. And, and, and I don't mind anyone questioning your evidence. I think everything should be questioned. You know, I think everything is subject to be questioned, yeah. no matter what it is, you know. Um, but just to come out and say, well, that's fake. Come on. You don't know anything about, first of all, this place was closed off. There was nobody there. The night previous, it came down pouring rain. So on our way in there, uh, there were no other tracks coming in or out. We were the only idiots walking through this mud. And I think I may have posted that video online, at least uh, where we were going in through it. And it was yeah. so muddy. It was so bad. That and you went live when you yeah, were yeah. on the latter one. Yeah. 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 So I, I actually went live twice that day. And, yes. And you, and you can clearly see the mud. There was no other tracks coming in and out. But. So we get to this little creek, that same creek in that same area. Oh, and also on, on the same trail, uh, in 2017, uh, you know, I was going through my personal issues, you know, uh, going through my divorce, things like mm -hmm. that. So I, I took a drive out there, and I was just walking, just trying to clear my mind. Uh, this is November of 2017, and I kind of had my head down. I was kind of going through things in my head. I felt something bounce off the bill of my cap, and right away I thought, well, something fell out of a tree, you know. And I looked down there, it was a rock. You know, maybe I don't know, size of a quarter-ish. You know, yeah. You know, who the heck throwing rocks at me in the middle of the Donald Woods? You know, I was, you know, and I always carry a pistol with me. So, you know, well, yeah, so one thing that we addressed. Uh, one thing that I wanted to bring in, we addressed when you went live. You know, me and you had that discussion while he's live. I asked you. I said, "How far in are you? How how far from like the the nearest parking area?" Or camping area is that where you find that creek where you found those tracks? From, okay, from that creek, the parking area is not very far. I mean, I, I had to say a couple hundred yards. You know. Really? Yeah. But I, I still don't see somebody walking barefooted through that country. And this was at far. the peak of snake season. Yeah, I don't see people doing that. I, I just, because, you know, we talked about somebody could have been walking barefooted. Folks, that area down there has got thorns and briars and. And even if you're on the trail, that trail's got a lot of gravel on it. I, I don't see, especially like a five-inch track, that's going to be a juvenile. I don't see parents even letting their kids. Of course, you know, when I was a kid, I ran around barefooted. I still run around. You've seen me and Falk in the middle of the swamp running around barefooted. But I, I, I'm different. But I don't I don't see in the, in the society down there of somebody running around barefooted that far into a, an area, you know. And, uh, and and that day, well, we saw three snakes. Yeah. You know, so they were coming out. They were out moving around. I'm sure they were ornery as hell. They were probably hungry, you know. So, 
Yeah, you don't you don't run around there barefoot in snake. You know, yeah. well, you know the snake season. You know, and and, and it's funny you've in what you've told me. You know, I've never heard this. I've heard this story in pieces, folks. But I've 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 never heard the whole thing, and it leads up to it. But our other field correspondent from up north, uh, Mr. Arrington, uh, one of his philosophies is he keeps going back to an area. And he does the same things over and over. He wears the same style of clothes. He sets up a pattern. And you hear a lot of your older, um, even Will, uh, talks mm-hmm. about uh, of, of setting up a pattern with these guys, and they become more comfortable with you. I almost wonder if over a period of time, if, if you haven't been in there so much, because that's one of your favorite areas to go, if they might not somewhat recognize you and feel a little bit more comfortable with you in there. Yeah. Uh, um I've always thought that that they that they recognize me once I get back there. Yeah. You, you did well. Then yeah, that yeah. that kind of that kind of proves my theory. Then. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's something I felt for a long time. That every time I've gone back there, they know who I am. You know, even if I'm wearing something different, but I, you know, I, I think they recognize people. You know, birds recognize people. You know, oh yeah. Like you know. um, but uh, I lost track of what I was going to say. Man. Oh, okay. sorry, oh, I didn't mean to get you uh, distracted. <laughs> besides, you know, you know, besides the rock, I had a stick thrown at me in that in that same area too. And uh, again, geographically speaking, it's not that very far from uh, you know, Kelly's Pond. It's not, you know, it's not a few miles, four miles maybe. You know? And we don't know what the range of these things are, and everybody knows about the action at Kelly's Pond. Lord, you've got a lot of experiences from Kelly's Pond. Yeah, you and Shane yeah. both. Yeah. Uh, uh, and um yeah so so when i came across these eight inch tracks to me it just made sense you know and i wasn't even out there that long you know uh you know when we found these tracks we were out there you know a couple hours and uh i I came across that creek and i said you know what this is the creek that i found those those tracks i'm picking that picture over here had a rock thrown at me over here my daughter had the you know the grunt you know 20 yards away um you know, a little bit further is where, you know, you heard the voices or whatever you want to call it. You know? okay. So this area is, is an active area as far as I'm concerned. So I went down that creek and that's when I, well, I didn't even go down that creek. I looked off the bridge and there it was, you know. That With, without giving the, the actual location, you said it's a few miles from Kelly's Pond. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, 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 it might be five miles, six miles, you know, in, it's not far. In saying that, I don't want you to give up the location or the direction, but I want to mention something to you. Just southeast of Kelly's Pond is the one they call Creepy Hollow, mm-hmm. you know, where they talk about it being the nursery area where, you know, the group that I'm talking about and everybody that I'm talking mm-hmm. about, talking about that being kind of a juvenile area. Yeah. You remember the stories I'm I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to give too much away because I don't want you to give your area away. But yeah. just keep in mind it the vicinity. I mean, yeah. this this adds it, more it, credence it, it, to it. You yeah, know? yeah. It, and 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 who knows how far a, a, a juvenile you know area? I'm saying in your quote, yeah ranges also. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's not like the size of a regular bedroom. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, uh, we, we don't know. I mean, we we find out more just to ask more. But, you know, in, in, in saying that, that's something to something to think about. I mean, I, I didn't know that that area was that close to, to Kelly's Pond. I mean, I've got a file here that you've sent me of, of audio from Kelly's Pond. To me, is just after I scrubbed through that real long one, you sent me that eight-hour, you know, audio, and I start scrubbing through it with a whistle. <laughs> 
you know, you said you heard one whistle and I scrubbed through it and heard three more. I'm like, God almighty. And that was at Kelly's pond where you and Shane went down. That whole area is, is known to be active, you know, and it's. Well, you know, uh, there in Kelly's pond, I don't know if you know this story, but I went down there with Ernie. Uh, he had made that parabolic mic. Have you ever seen that parabolic mic he has? No, I haven't. Oh man, he made a nice one. He used a square, uh, a, a squirrel baffle, you know, for the yeah, you know. So uh, we went down there. It was the first time he used it. It may have been like the second or third time he had ever been out. And uh, so we're listening, you know, and we go down to this. Uh, it's like a cul-de-sac because the road ends and it turns into a dirt road where cars have traveled back and forth on it, you know. Um, in this little circle where people turn their vehicles around. So we're down there, and uh, his eyes get big. He says, hey, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. And he says, I can hear something breathing. So he gives me the you know, the earbuds I put it in, and sure enough, man, you hear something breathing. It sounds like Darth Vader back then. Wow. Yeah. I, need to, I need to get with him, find out what mic and, and, and unit he was using because yeah. I'm going to put me together one pretty quick. Oh, man, you need to. I, I've, I've been meaning to do it, too. I've just been lazy. I haven't been able to do it. Well, I haven't been able to do it. Haven't done it. Everything Definitely else going on, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, you man. know, when when our our little area down there, uh, I don't want to give the location away where me and the wife goes quite a bit, where we have our trailer set up. We have so much stuff going on. I want to set the now that we've got the trailer ready. I want to set the tent up because they're so used to us being in the tent, and put a uh, put a parabolic in it, but make it directional to where I can be okay. in, in the trailer listening and hit a joystick and and turn it. Because there's yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff going on down there that I think goes on that we don't even know about because we end up falling asleep and and yeah, record yeah. yourself snoring. Oh, we've yeah. done that a bunch. <laughs> Remember the quarter the recordings from Falk, man, from oh, Ernie's yeah. uh, from Ernie's uh, uh, his uh, microphone he had, you know, over next to me, and then the, you remember the the people next to him over oh, there. Yeah, I remember those people. They were having fun that night. Yeah, boy, it was they they having fun. Yeah. They was having some kind of fun. But, uh, <laughs> Let's bring back some memories, man. Jesus Christ, they didn't care. That was funny. Oh, yeah. um, I did I still didn't know that, that that little track in saying about the little tracks and you talking about people saying it was fake. Uh lady got a hold of me out of Louisiana and she she doesn't mind a bit, but uh about the same situation you did, but she sent me this and it was kind of funny. She said we have a lot of activity in the uh, it's the L O L and M, uh, which is the Ladies of Louisiana and Mississippi Research Group. Uh, you know some of them, but she said they found some juvenile tracks over seven miles deep into the swamp, swamp, wow. shortly after Harvey. Okay. They had to take she we had to take boats for over three hours in there to get there and we found barefoot tracks and people wanted to tell me that they was fake. How could a barefoot child cover that much swamp and not have adults around it is exactly how she put it. I, my response to her was these things do procreate. They, they're not born seven feet tall and a thousand pounds. Yeah. Why do people, you know, that was one of the things where the guy told me that the that the print was fake. He says, uh, "I'm I'm five nine and that foot is smaller than mine." I'm like, 
what does that have to do with anything? It, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, so is, is it smaller than your foot? Okay, what you know? What that makes it fake? What well, these things were born with sixteen foot, you know, sixteen inch tracks. Six, yeah. yeah, sixteen inch tracks. You know. And in saying that, I think we overlook being a tracker. You know, like I am. I think we overlook a lot of smaller tracks, thinking yeah. that they are human. Yeah. I, I, people, when I say that, they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, but I'm serious. I think we overlook, we always look for the big tracks. Yeah. Uh, I think we overlook a lot of them, and I think that's how they can get away with it. And I, 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 not just that, but you talk about o overlooking things. I think when people are out and they're kind of scanning the woodlands, they're looking up at the seven, eight foot level. Yeah. And they probably should be looking down or yeah. even up at the trees. And when I'm out there, I'm always yeah. looking up at the trees. I'm always yeah. looking up at the trees. Uh, in saying that, I've got a guy coming on. That was interesting. Did you hear that? No. It was like a, almost an interference of some sort. But uh, uh, I've got a guy coming on that literally he was on a couple other podcasts, but he, he came on and he was in North Arkansas and one came up and he literally seen it standing beside a tree. And then he looked away like two seconds later and looked back and it was gone. And he just happened to look up and it was standing in a limb about 12, 14 feet up. Oh, yeah. At that you know in saying that it shows and and i think a lot of people like you said that people don't they think of looking at seven foot i think uh, the, a lot of these go quad what i call four-wheel drive you know i, I have to quote <laughs> the bigfoot outlaws yeah. on that one they go on the quadruped more often than we think they do and you yeah. think they're a cow or a or a bear or a hog or or whatever yeah. you know and especially the young ones, I think the, the, the young ones, if they get down low like that, you're not going to see them because they're, you know, two or three feet tall if they're on all yeah. fours. But it, and then there, there, uh, there've been a few times where, where we've been out and you can hear something like it's being dragged through, you know, through the brush. I yeah. guess them belly crawling too. Oh yeah. I, I really, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've seen like some uh, bright red, you know, eye shine right at ground level. It was too big to be any other animal with, you know, those kind of eyes in, in saying that uh me and mr arrington was in a discussion and I, I don't remember if we recorded that one or not we talked so much and about so many things but uh he mentioned them going on their belly crawl and i, I threw something back at him i said uh, uh i don't know if you've seen the episodes where i showed randy's pictures randy's five foot ten and bench press is like 450 pounds i mean he's mm -hmm. just i said randy did you ever do a lot of calisthenics and stuff when you was in the in the uh uh, fire department he goes no not really i did push-ups and stuff i said well in the military we did push-ups i mean we did push-ups all day long everybody knows that i said we had different formats of push-ups we had diamonds we had knuckle push-ups and stuff i said uh wes with uh sasquatch chronicles is telling about his uh his experience and about how one was literally on its hands and its toes coming at him almost it looked like a spider well if you think about how the uh the foot structure with the metatarsal break, you know, everybody thinks that it bends this way too. Well, our toes bend backwards. If they've got a metatarsal break, that break will bend backwards too. So they could very easily be on their, on their hands or fingertips and them toes 
and, and just moving fast. And Randy was like, you know, you saying that, I think I've seen some tracks like that that I thought was, was short, had five toes, and it was, I said, it very well could have been, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I've heard people talk about them moving like that, like like like, like Spider-Man, basically, but on the ground, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had one guy try to, I was mentioning that to him, and he said, oh, they don't, they don't, uh, and that's what I, why I brought it up to Randy. Uh, he said, uh, it's hard for them to move on their toes. I said, have you ever done a push-up? They're like, yeah. I said, you ever done a push-up on your hands, your fingers? Well, yeah. I said, if you can do it, why can't they? We already know that they're a, a chimpanzee, an 80-pound or a 90-pound male chimpanzee is strong enough that he can rip a man's arm off and beat him with it. Mm-hmm. You take that muscle strength and muscle mass, a gor- uh, uh, they say a chimpanzee is two to three times stouter than a human. A gorilla at 400 pounds is five to seven pounds. I've got a video I'll, I can post off of YouTube of a chimpanzee that got uh, that escaped in a zoo in Thailand and walked up to a car. And I'm not talking lift with both hands. He grabbed the fender like this, inverted, and turned the car on its side. An orangutan. What do you think these things can do? Yeah. And they want to tell me that they can't walk on their <laughs> walk on their fingertips. We don't know. I mean, and this is all speculative. It's all speculation. Yeah. But just the biomechanics of it. I mean, I'm in. I'm not in the best shape. Everybody knows that, and I still do thirty to fifty fingertip push-ups. If these things are, you know, they're three. They're. I got that. Uh, what do we call it? A. Uh, I should back away from the table a little bit more. Uh, build to me, but these guys are lean and mean like you're getting to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, you was talking about Kelly Spawn, and we went to that track. Uh, did you ever get a chance to go over, you know, I, a couple of, I guess it's been almost two years ago. I had mentioned Boykin Springs to you. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been able to get up there. Uh, it's one of the places that I definitely want to go. And, you know, I, I don't know why I don't, uh, put that on my list to go. Cause I've got a whole list. Yeah. Know, places that I want to go and I need to go. And, um, it being, just me by myself it's uh it's kind of hard but you know i've got a few guys now who are willing to, do some to go with you yeah. yeah but i mean i don't mind going by myself either you know? yeah I, 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 you know. I, people laugh at me i want to go to to boykin springs not just for the bigfoot but for the supernatural aspect of it that that air that whole area i did i got to doing some studying about it has got a pretty bloody history when it comes to even the the Spanish American war and, and cattle, you know, cattle rustlers and everything else. It's like, I don't know what it is about that area. It's, it's all the way back. It's, it's bloody. It's weird. Well, you know, I, I think the, the same thing goes with Sam Houston. I think there's been you know, oh, yeah. battles fought there and, you know, people killed. And, uh, I, I've heard some paranormal activity happen over there too, you know, um, you know, uh, speaking of paranormal activity, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's Bigfoot related or, paranormal related but i had a recorder sitting out there one day and uh me and my son went out there and we we sat it down and i I said i'm gonna let it run overnight you know for whatever reason i I didn't camp out we're just gonna come back in the morning so the next morning we go out there and um i picked the recorder up and i looked and i saw it only recorded for a couple of hours man did my battery run low so i lifted the battery and and the the little uh indicator was all the way full you know had the four little bars on the battery so I started playing it, you know, and I couldn't hear anything. And I, 
kind of fast forwarding and fast forwarding. I got all the way to the end and I could hear a crunch, like a footstep. And I could hear that things started being messed with, you know, really like somebody, yeah, like somebody was fumbling with it and then it, and then it shuts off, you know? So I don't know. That See, you're touching a whole different theory that I have that I've mm -hmm. discussed in private with, with, with people. I don't know if I've ever discussed it with you, but, uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I think these things, when we hit the woods, they know we're there. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking ghosts. I'm talking Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. And I think these things have a cognitive thought pattern enough to know that if we bring, they know that we love our equipment. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's actually, uh, me and Randy's fixing to re uh, release another episode where he talks about this. And, but I, I honestly think that they are intrigued about us and our gadgets. Yeah. Almost fear them. But I, it always kind of irks me when people walk out and they make a big show of, of putting recorders out and cameras. Uh, I think that's half of how these things are avoiding cameras is they're watching us put them up and they, they have over time figured it out. Uh, they was making fun of me. Well, he'll say it. He said it on a podcast. Stephen James, the last time we went to Bison, he was making fun of me because, you know, I'm kind of crippled up and I carry that cane. I do that for two reasons. I want these things to think that I'm weaker than they are to draw, to draw them in, which I am weaker. But uh, I also do that. That way I'm going along. I don't know if you followed any of the 411, missing 411 stories with David Pilatus. Yeah about a lot of them seem to have physical problems with them. The reason they was, yeah. that's my whole point. Yeah. But uh, I went, I was walking through the woods, me and Steven was, and I was like, oh man, I'm tired. And I sit down and I had my overalls on, you know, I wear my overalls or, or my kilt half the time. And I slipped my recorder out and it was already in a bag and I turned it on with it right here. And I just set it right down in between my legs up against a rock, real subtle. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm putting my recorder out. He goes, you're putting it on the ground. I said, right now, that's the best way to do it. I do mine real sneaky because I, I've got this ongoing theory that I think that they uh, they watch us. And it very would have that one of them walked up and started playing with it until he figured out how to how to shut it uh, off. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's what he was trying to do, but I think he was definitely messing with it. Just yeah. He accidentally hit the button to, to stop it. But the way I set it down, too, was – I had it face up, you know, where the buttons were, you know, were, were pointing. Cause I didn't want to lay it down cause it was kind of sandy. Yeah. So I don't want any of that sand to get into the buttons, you know? So I let, I let the face up. It was like slid under a log, you know, where the log kind of curves I had a slide under there and I put a big piece of bark over it and just protect it from the elements a little bit. So when I went there the next morning, it was face down. So the backside was, had all this sand on it. Like, what the heck happened to it? You know, why did it, I, I was thinking to myself, first of all, I know I left it up face up. Yeah. You know, I said, well, maybe I didn't, but I still doesn't explain how to stand it on the back part of it. You know, so I think when it, it got set back down, it, it, it flipped it over. That was, yeah, so that was kind of a weird thing. Yeah. And, and, and you saying that about the, the, the whole supernatural, and we hadn't even, the folks, that's a whole nother show. But that whole area, like you said, through there, I mean, when everybody thinks of the, the Texas independence, they think of the Alamo. And, mm -hmm. But the actual war was won in the la, San, I can't even say it, San Lacinto on the San Lacinto. San Jacinto? 
Yeah. Central. Yeah. Isn't, is yeah. that not in? Is that not in the same Houston area? No, it's not in the same Houston area. It's uh, a little bit further east, but it's you know it's uh, it's still in part of the forest. So it's over in the thicket area then. Yeah, I can't remember where exactly where it's but, at, but I'm sure at that time it was very wooded because even oh, now yeah. it's still kind of real yeah. out there. But what I'm saying is the Alamo was the most famous battle, but there was a lot of battles oh, yeah. for that whole area. And, yeah, and I mean, you know, how, how far did Mexico spread? It was all the way north of Texas, you know, really. All the way into so, California. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure there were plenty of battles to move that boundary. Yeah, and and so you have all this. It's it's kind of like Oklahoma. You know, people talk about Oklahoma and being Bigfoot area hotspot and ghost area hotspot. Well, we was literally the first native first nation reservation. The whole state was the whole territory, and there's a lot of bloody history there because they sent all the the Native American tribes here. You know, on the Trail of Tears and everything from all over the nation, and they clanned warred against each other. But that, that whole area down there is, and that leads into another statement of why do these things as in, and this is where I kind of wonder if I'm not slipping that direction, a lot of, why do these things seem to, I wouldn't say hang out, but seem to be associated with paranormal areas. When I say paranormal, I mean ghosts, orbs, lights, You know, I, I think paranormal stuff happens everywhere. You know, just like you were talking yeah. about, it, it, it's, it's not just, you know, the Samuelson just didn't have battles between Mexico and the United States or Texas. Uh, there were battles with the Native Americans there. Yeah. You know, because you know, this, you know, the state of Texas was a very big place with Native Americans also. Uh, so there were, you know, slavery, you know. Yeah, sure. oh, definitely. That yeah. was plantations big down in there. Yeah. And, and, so, it, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of the, and I know we're getting off, off track, but I like talking about it. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, uh, that residual kind of stuff yeah. that goes on. With it, you know? I heard a, a real honest statement the other day from a, from somebody that I'd have never thought, and, and, and folks, this goes to show that people that doesn't know a whole lot about a subject can say something that really clicks your brain. Uh, my wife mentioned something, and she's she's a believer in Bigfoot now after going out with me, but she said something. That's interesting. I'm getting anomalies. Uh, <laughs> could be internet. But anyways, make a long story short, uh, now I lost train of thought. She said, do you think that the, the, the paranormal could be happening there all the time? It's just that we're noticing it more because we're going in there in depth looking for Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good point. Yeah. And I was going to say about, uh, about the cemeteries, you know, uh, a, a lot of these places where the Bigfoots are, are found are right on the edge of the forest, you know, uh, you know, you know, these cemeteries. So I don't think they have necessarily have anything that they're necessarily drawn to them as much as they're probably drawn to us. You know, yeah. I mean, they see us, they come check us out and they're just, you know, we're checking out the cemetery also, you know, for whatever reason. I found my anomaly. I think, you unplug, I think you partially unplugged your microphone. Any better? Yeah, that's it. That's better. And um, oh, I kind of wanted to go back. Yeah. That Lone Star Trail. When we're talking about all the events that happened on that same day, uh, where all that stuff happened, and we found the five-inch track. Uh, 
the person I was with, she says, uh, hey, come here. And I said, yeah, what's up? So she says, hey, did you see that, that tree over there? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, there was, she goes, I saw something move behind that tree. And so I started, started kind of looking, and I said, yeah. I said, I just saw something. I saw something go from one tree to the other. It was like a reddish, uh, orangish color. It was probably more orangish, a little bit brighter than a orangutan. And so I said, yeah, yeah. I, I said, yeah, I, I just saw it. And I, and I showed her where it was at. She goes, no, that's not what I saw. She said, what I saw was a little bit to the left. So she pointed out the, the tree, and she said that what she saw was was, was gray. And there has been a, a gray was spotted in that area, which I didn't know at the time. So me and uh, my brother-in-law went over there. We walked, and um, we came back. You know, we, we checked out that area where the tree was at, and we came back. And I said, uh, so we didn't find anything, you know? And she goes, well, whatever it was was taller than you and, and Patrick because she goes, I couldn't even see y'all because the brush was so high. Yeah. You know, in, some, in some of the spots. She goes, when I got by the tree, uh, that she could see us moving around, but she couldn't even see the top of our heads, you know? So she said, whatever it was, she goes, she, you know, she kind of did her hand, like, whatever you were, were, you're this tall, and whatever it was, like, two feet taller than you guys. But, yeah. uh, you know, she said that she was kind of scanning the wood line, and because she heard, like, a branch break or pop, you know, and so she turned to look, and she was kind of scanning, and she, she, she told me, if it hadn't moved, I wouldn't have uh, seen it. Yeah. In, in you saying that. Uh, I have to clarify something folks. I listen to podcasts and these reports religiously, but I heard a certain individual and I can say his name, but I don't want to until I get permission from him to say it because he's pretty popular, but he was doing a podcast with somebody else and he's from that area and he is pretty well known in that area. And he mentions, uh, and I did with this being in such close proximity to that certain investigation yeah. area that is known as fair. He mentions a big gray one, like he said, and he also mentions that there's a younger, smaller, red haired one. Really? That always, that always see, shows that you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. See, and I heard him mention the gray one, but I heard him mention that gray one, you know, a few months after this. Yeah. You know? And it was funny because, uh, see, my other guys in the group that, that he used to be affiliated with i told them about the five <laughs> you inch. know exactly who i'm yeah. talking about yeah when i found that five inch track i called you know one of my buddies and i told yeah. him hey man i found this five inch track and he said dude he, goes, he said uh just on the other side they found five inch tracks over there yeah I, I i'm not if i can do this without giving away too much information folks if you figure it out more power to you but <laughs> yeah. technically i'm not giving it away he does a call in on a podcast where he says he had just got out of the woods and he was sitting back smoking a cigar and he tells about the, the gray one and then seeing the red flash. He said he was coming up the trail and it, and it ran across the top of the trail. The red one did. And, and like I said, you know exactly who I'm talking about, but I don't See, I know anything about that red one. Well, I, this I was a great one. Yeah. This was a later, he just did a literally did a call in, uh, on a, on an episode and folks, if y'all are as good as some of you are, you'll know who I'm talking about. And like I said, I, I've got all the respect for both the guys involved. That's the reason I, I don't want to mention their name without their permission, but great guys and, and great, great show. If you figure out who it is, but, uh, yeah, this was if, last year. If it's a show that I'm thinking of where he talks about it, cause I heard him talking about it. It wasn't very far from, from, from where he was smoking that cigar. It wasn't very far. I'm talking about the di the distance of 
if it's where I think he was at, I don't want to say for sure now that I'm thinking about it. I think he may have been – yeah, he may have been – Within six or seven miles of you. No, he may have been a little bit further out. If it's if it's at the other location. No, it wasn't at the – we got to be careful. It wasn't at that location. Where he's talking about is right, right in that area where you're talking about. If he was because by he, the hunter's camp, no. I'll say that much. Okay, well then no. – No. Folks, we just gave it away right there. No, it well, no, there's hunt. several hunters camps. There's, well, yeah. no, there's several hunters camps. So you go, you go find no. a hunter camp if you want. Now, when he, when I say he was smoking the cigar, he wasn't smoking the cigar when he seen it. He came home okay. and was sitting when he was talking oh. on the phone. He was smoking a cigar. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, uh, he was actually walking in the trail, uh, checking some cameras or something. But uh, you know what? I, I I'm gonna make it a point. Let me. I'll write that down. I'm gonna reach out to him and see. Uh, and get some verification on that because I talked to him a little bit. Awesome dude. I mean, he's just, he's a great guy, but I'm pretty sure he said that it was, it was a little bit smaller than, than the other one. And it was, had red hair and it had went across the trail because he seen it kind of silhouetted in the sunlight and I, and folks don't quote me on that. I'm sure you folks that listen to these podcasts can probably pull that podcast up and correct you. Yeah, and, and, great. and I know some people probably get mad and that we don't mention certain locations and we kind of give these teasers. I just I just don't like talking about other people if I don't have permission. I don't like telling people stories right. if I don't have permission. That's right. And I don't like giving away locations because then everybody and their mama shows up and yeah. uh, they run everything and, off. And we actually, I, I, I addressed this in a earlier podcast, and I'll readdress it now. Folks, I apologize if it does make you mad, but I'm not going to do it, and we're not going to do it on this podcast. If we get permission from the individuals that, that is in this area, this is how Joe has rolled, and I roll uh, respect. Uh, and it's and I'll go ahead and say this is how the core group of guys with the Southern Bigfoot Alliance roll. We respect people's areas and we respect their opinions. So we're not going to throw it out there. To, uh, and I, you know, and really, like I know people are like, well, we just want to know the location. If you want to know the location, come out with me. I have no issue taking anybody out. You know. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not crazy. As long as you don't not one of these guys who goes out and shooting their gun at everything. Cause I've heard some stories i've never been associated with anyone like that but i've heard stories of people going out there and firing shots at everything that moves i'm not playing that you're gonna of course you've known my philosophy from the beginning i've never carried a gun out you know you can you, you always used to you and ernie was making fun of me because of my bowie knife <laughs> I, don't, I don't carry a gun i don't think that i I think a gun's just going to get you in trouble. I, I don't think it, it, these things are as big and ornery. If they want you, a gun's not going to stop them. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't carry a gun for them. I carry them for other – Like know, a hog like or hogs. something like that. Yeah. Most of the time when I go, if I go by myself uh, – now, my wife does carry a gun for her protection. But uh, uh, if I go, I go with a group and somebody's got a gun. Me, myself, uh, with all the experience I've had in the woods, and I know it's going to bite me in the butt literally – one of these days I've been out many, 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 many all over the nation without a gun, just a knife. And, and I think our best weapon is our head, you know, but one of these days a hog's going to get me. I'm sure. You know, I've been, you know, going at by hogs. I've never shot at anything. I've, you know, I've, uh, there's only been twice that I've ever put my gun out. That was for the hog and that was for a bobcat. 
but other than that, you know, I, I mean, I kept my cool. I kept my composure. I don't. Yeah. Some people will fire off rounds in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been out with a couple like that and I refuse to do it. Yeah. Uh, my biggest concern for people laugh, uh, laughing at me when I say this is snakes. You've seen me wear my snake boots because yeah. I, I'm, I'm terrified of snakes. And down there in your country, even like up here, well, just uh, what is today? Today's Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Today, Saturday, Wednesday, my dad got bit by a copperhead a third time. It went to the hospital, but, and you know that area is southeastern Oklahoma. But yeah. uh, snakes to me are, and spiders are the biggest worries of mine. Yeah. Oh, and ticks. I hate ticks. <laughs> yeah. I hate ticks so bad. I, uh, I, I, I don't like snakes. I'm not a big fan of snakes. Man, I don't like ticks. You, you you give me an option, I'll go with a snake every time. You know, uh, I, I I told some guys they kind of laughed at me at first, but well, you know one, Shane. Uh, when we was in Falco, I was talking about the ticks and the chiggers and stuff, and the and the chiggers was eating them up, boy. I said, guys, you want to keep them from doing that and to treat the ones you got? And he was like, yeah. I said, take some gasoline and rub it on your skin, like rubbing alcohol. Hmm. He was like, why? I said, well, actually, kerosene works better but they don't like the smell of it. Plus it, it deadens the itching. And you know, it's so funny. Everybody thought I was messing with them, but Shane got so bad. He did it and they watched me doing it. And before that trip, you know, when I think you left that, that second night before yeah. that trip was over with about 90% of the people that was left there was taking gasoline. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. It works, but it's a common factor known that, that bugs and snakes don't like, uh, kerosene or the smell of gasoline and if, if you really want to run them off use turpentine but the thing with turpentine is it dries your skin out like alcohol but okay. that's just one of the things the military taught us when we was you know in one of the survival schools but okay. it's just it works and i i don't know if you've seen lately i take uh i buy those they're pretty expensive but you can get a set of them they last six months the uh uh dog collars the uh just a dog flea collar. collar. Yeah, flea and tick collar. Oh. Take it, and most of your boots has a loop on the back side of the boot, you uh -huh. know, where you stick your finger through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feed it through that, lace your boot up, and buckle it on the front. And really? it and it helps keep the ticks and make sure you wear, uh, you know, socks to where it's not touching your skin because some people are allergic to the, you know, the, the chemical. But people take some ear tags from cows. You know, you go buy them a tractor supply and put them on their boots. I do the dog collars because then they're not flopping around, you know, all the time. But they, they, they'll keep the uh, ticks and stuff down too. I've, I've heard about the ear tags. I haven't heard about the flea collars. Same, same principle with the flea collars. And okay. the beauty of me with those, I've got those 20-inch tall snake boots, <laughs> is it's yeah. far enough up that they don't, you know, I'm. Yeah, but what do they get on your shoulder and well, then you're just, you just got to pick them off. <laughs> and down there where you're from, down there where you're from, they've been known to drop out of trees on you. Them rascals, you brush up against. I've, I've, I've had them under my underarms and stuff on my back. Yeah. I hate, I hate ticks. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the butt, I tell you. But it's just, yeah, and you wonder, in, in saying that, I'm glad you, we talked about hogs earlier, and you was talking about, uh, the lady said that the hogs was rubbing up against her house. Well, I've always had hogs in Oklahoma and hunted hogs, and I used to raise dogs and hunted hogs, but I, I, I really seen it in South Texas and Houston when we was down there on the oil rigs 
these rascals, the hogs would come up and rub up against the BOPs and rub up against the, the bottom end of the, the oil derricks. And, and I asked a, a feller that was from that area, I said, why are they doing that? He goes, they're down there rubbing that oil on them. Hmm. I'm like thinking about it. And then we ended up going uh, to where they have the, you know, the oil storage tankers, you know, where they pump them out and the, the telephone pole next to the oil tanker, oil tank was rubbed smooth all the way around about four foot down and covered in oil. And I said, what are they doing there? Same guy. He says, they'll go over on the, uh, the oil derricks and rub that oil on them and it'll get rid of the lice and the ticks and stuff. And then they come up to the telephone pole and, scr and scratch. And lo and lo and behold, about three years later, I'm sitting on top of a oil derrick, and here come some hogs, and I'm sitting up there watching them. They didn't come to our our derrick; they was you know rubbing up against the BOPs about two three hundred yards away, but they was up there rubbing up, getting that oil on them. And I never put two and two together until you know I was sitting up there watching. I heard him say that, and and that goes with what you said we were saying earlier it doesn't matter where the information comes from information can come from the most least experienced in saying that i wonder how sasquatches deal with ticks they probably pick at them like any other primate i'm sure probably they probably, they probably ruin each other but you know because you you've heard how like uh some of these the, you know their coats and their hair are just immaculate immaculate but then, yeah but then you hear where they're like knotted up and dreadlocked looking and so I don't know, maybe he's, uh, he's just a bigger individual, you know? No, some, maybe. Are, some are more, you know, uh, prissy than others. Yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, yeah. You saying that, I got into an interesting discussion the other night, and it's going to be released in a, in a future show. I've uh, I've got a bunch stacked up. Uh, it was brought up about these things having Down syndrome and being a little bit different handicap, different personality. I honestly think it depends on the population of the area. I think that there is probably interbreeding going on with some of these. And that would explain where you get the different variations in the different aggressions. Some, you know, they say down in South Texas and your area, they're a lot more aggressive than they are up in the Northwest. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if that's, as an individual, you know, I wonder if they're as diverse as a human is, is I guess what I'm saying. If they, if they don't have mental, some of them have mental limitations. I'm not going to say handicaps, but mental limitation uh, to them due to maybe a head injury or, or just, just different breeding. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a ton of different things that could, you know, that, uh, that it, it could be, you know, it could be, you know, it's a, inbreeding it could be you know uh some kind of birth defect it could be an injury it could be you know um who knows you know it, it could just be they're they're jerks you know that's, that's yeah. one thing i tell people too you know what they're jerks i mean every every species of animal i mean you know i don't care if it's a cute little raccoon you know you're gonna find a jerk raccoon i don't you're care if they're dolphins right. people, go out, people go out and they swim with wild dolphins and they still get attacked by them every now and then you know yeah people you know, they put dolphins in this category where they're just the sweetest animal, and I'm sure they are for the most part. But you, you, you Google it, and you see where people get attacked by them too. You know. Yeah, uh, you know, a prime example of that. Uh, there's a documentary on Netflix of an orca. The name of the documentary is Blackfish, but of of Timokin, uh that killed like seven to ten people, a big male orca, 
and they actually atoned it to him being remembering getting caught almost 50 years before he lived to be like 60 and but they was trying to say that it was it was genetic and that he had bred most of sea world's captive orcas but none of his children showed aggressive tendencies over the years it was him individually and that's when one of them said that they wondered if he wasn't if the orca and everybody knows that the orcas are some of the most intelligent animals in the sea if he didn't remember it from getting caught at a young age because he was actually older when they caught him than they normally try to they try to catch him when they're six months to you know two years old he was almost four when they caught him okay. They, they, they was the one theory was that he had a, a enough of a cognitive thought that he remembered that and associated it with, with people. I mean, it's just you know all this stuff is speculative, but it's it's yeah. it's definitely good for discussion. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get touch base with you on about down there, and I can't remember. I actually mentally noted it yesterday. Dang. What was it about? <laughs> I, I was thinking we, we talked about the tracks. We talked about your experiences with the, uh, with the tracks leading up there. We talked about the audio at Kelly's Pond. There was one other spot that I asked you about, uh, Boykin Springs. There was one other spot I wanted to, you to touch base on. That's what it was. When you sent me the whistles. Was that Kelly's Pond? Yeah, that was Kelly's Pond, yeah. Okay, was that you and Shane or you and Ernie? I think it was me and Armando, actually. That's who I think it I was. think it was Armando. I know you've yeah. been in that area quite a bit. Yeah. Where did you, you know, he's got his own show, too, him and Ryan. Yeah, yeah, uh, him and Wolf have, a, have their own shows. Wolf? Josh? Yeah, I'm your, yeah. yeah. Josh yeah. Turner, you ain't joking no, they got their own show. They've had it for a little Yeah, Paranormal Roundtable out of Austin. I didn't know yeah. it was Armando that, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, Sal. Oh, Sal. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that, man. I listen to them all the time, man. <laughs> I, I, I love them both. I love yeah. the hell out of Armando. Oh, folks, I, I'm I'm going to do a step out of limits here. If if you like this kind of format of a show, you need to check out uh, Paranormal Roundtable on YouTube. Uh, I did not know that was Armando. I, I, I knew his voice sounded familiar, but these two guys are out of Austin, Texas, and they, they cover everything from Dogman, the Ouija boards. And they're hilarious, too. Bigfoot. And they're so funny. Their format is similar to this. They just get to firing at each other and, and have a good time with it. I did not know that was them. i got to send him a send oh, him Sal, a yeah. yeah, I can't believe that. But uh, uh, I was the one, I think where I was leading him with that is Shane had told me about where y'all had went in, you and Shane. And folks, when I say Shane, I say Shane Carpenter from the Southern Bigfoot Alliance. He is one of my best Church. friends. Huh? Shane Church. Church. Carpenter, I'm sorry. Shane Carpenter is another great individual that we're going to get to in the future very shortly. Uh, sorry. Uh, but Shane, I, I've been out with Shane. We've been good friends for a long time. And I've got to give him and uh, Jose Cordova credit. All the artwork, a lot of the artwork you see on this show is done by Shane and Jose. The artwork that behind me that you see right now that you will see is uh, a uh, co-op in between the two of them. And I got to give each one of those guys credit. But you and Shane had went out, kind of changed the subject. You and Shane had went out and y'all had sent me the 
that real long, because I know it was you and Shane where you shut the door and you stepped into the woods and it was a real long audio, but you, about 10 minutes in, you hear y'all walking and talking. I'm sure it was Shane because it sure sounded like him. And you hear a whistle off to your left. And then you acknowledge the whistle and then y'all kind of go on a little bit. And, and like I said, the audio goes for a long time, but at 10 minutes, I'll have to pull that up and re redo it. I mean, you know, I I've listened to so much of my own audio that I'm confused on what happened where and who I was with, you know, I bet you I can pull it up right quick. And, uh, and then not just that, but you know, when I got my divorce, man, I left so much of my SD cards over there and, Man, I left maps, SD cards, notes, all kinds of stuff over there that I just never went back for. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to build all that stuff up again. And I still have a lot of my old contacts. So I need to get in contact with them and get their stories again. And I've got a fairly – I might have some of your – I've got a fairly substantial file on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah Folks. I, I don't remember how much I've sent you, but I think I may have sent, you know, quite a few hours of stuff that I just haven't even gone through myself. I can find your file. It might be on my external. Oh, wait, no, it's in my Bigfoot file. Where's my Bigfoot? Folks, I am not, believe it or not, I am not a, a computer man. I've just had to learn it for this show. Okay, that's the raw file. Let me pull up the edited. And you know, uh, while, you, while you're doing that, something that kind of crossed my mind too, we're talking about uh, uh, how, how they're aggressive. You remember that old story about the lines of uh, Sabo? Is that what it is? The lines of yeah, Sabo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they made a movie about uh, it. Know, darkness. Yeah, yeah, the Ghost in Darkness. I think uh, it was several years ago where they had like a dentist actually look at uh, look at their teeth. I think they, were, they both had injuries in their teeth too. The, that's why they were, you know, very well could have been. Yeah, they were well picking off people. Yeah, uh, picking off people. There is a new document, a uh, new documentary out about the 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 lions of that Sabo area of modern times in the 90s and they are the lions in that area are still man eaters and still aggressive and they're they're trying to figure out why hmm. i just lost it wouldn't let me pull up to edit it i might have a crunch time here so we'll just do the raw this was a shortened version of it You remember that? I didn't hear anything. If you, you heard on your end, I didn't hear it on my end. 
You should be able to. Oh, wait a minute. No, you can't. I'm running two separate systems. Folks, I will. I apologize. The folks will be able to hear it. Okay. Uh, I forgot I'm running two separate independent systems now. I could do some switching, but it. Uh, I'll send it to you, and you'll, rec you'll recognize it. Yeah, if, if you want to use that picture, too, of the, the footprint, you can do that, too. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in here, but yeah, the, the, the whole, the whole thing of that story was, uh, you had shut the, um, the tailgate, the tailgate of the truck and y'all was walking in and you had, y'all, I think you said y'all had covered maybe 20, 30 yards and you heard a whistle off to your left mm -hmm. and you can literally hear you stopping and going, Whoa, what was that? And you hear it whistle, and then after I cleaned it up on the fully edited version, you hear the whistle on the left, and then you hear two on the – it sounds almost like to the right of you, you know, almost answering. I wonder if they wasn't trying to, to locate, you know, doing their location calls. Yeah. But it was a straight – I can't whistle, but it, was, it wasn't like a human whistle. It was like a straight just, you know, like that real quick. Do you remember who that was? Was that Shane or – it may have been Shane. I think that was, I, and now I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going back and I'm playing all through all this stuff again. I think it was actually his Jeep, the back that. Uh, it it could have been. I, I'm pretty oh, sure that it was you and Shane, yeah. because uh, y'all had went out and you sent that to me the day y'all got back, and the whole file was almost like eight hours long. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was long. Yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I don't even think I went to that whole file. I think I, I mean I, I still got several several trouble hours of stuff I haven't even gone through. That is probably the, the most uh, monotonous part of this job <laughs> is listening yeah. to hours upon hours upon hours. And, uh, and, and, and if people if people are probably thinking, man, you got all this recording you haven't gone through. Man, I'm, I, I've listened to it on my phone like literally like all day at work before you know some of my recordings. You know. Just have my earbuds in and just working and just listening. Yeah. You know, so it, you know. I have found that it helps me. I play mine. I sit at my computer and I play it and I watch it. I, I play it on a spectrograph mm -hmm. because after yeah. doing this for a while, I've learned to see what different sounds make different scales. Mm -hmm. and, and it really helps because if I hear something, I can just glance over at it. And well, that was, you know, it's, that's not what it, I thought it was, yeah. but, uh, uh, another individual is doing a bunch of that too, uh, that, you know, uh, uh, Stephen James, he's doing a lot of the spectrograph stuff now, yeah. but, uh, well, man, you got a, we've been at it an hour and a half. You got any, uh, anything else um, this time? What was that? You broke up. You got anything else you want to go over this time? Because we got a bunch more shows that we're going to be doing, but no, you know, let's save the rest for later. Let's, uh, you know, uh, we can continue to give teases, you know, as we yeah. go. Yeah. Well, in saying that, guys, uh, one thing that I've got in the works that I say I, I uh, we've got in the works, we are going to, I'm going to have Joe back on, and uh, I've got confirmation with Mr. Jacob Gomez. Uh, we're going to come on, and we're going to address the relative belief of the supernatural world in the hispanic culture compared to 
Americanized cultures. Uh, I was, I've spent some time, a lot of the time with the Hispanic culture and of course, Joe and Jacob Gomez. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, but, uh, my first wife was Hispanic. It seems to me, and this is the reason we're going to discuss this. It seems to me that the Hispanic culture addresses and recognizes supernatural activity more than Americanized cultures. And in doing that, we're going to do some interviews with some folks in Mexico and, uh, and, and just discuss it and do some research on it and tell a few stories. Joe's got some, Jacob's got some. And then I'm going to follow up with that with uh, Joe's on to help me. We're going to move right into the First Nations. Uh, Joe doesn't even know this part. We're, um, this is new to him. But we're going to move right into the First Nations. I've got some first uh, pretty uh, popular First Nations representatives coming in that will be real interesting when I release them. I don't want to release them just yet. I got confirmation on an email this morning from one, and I'm waiting on the other. He said he'd be uh, sure up to do it if he can clear his schedule, but these are some pretty uh, predominant members of the First Nations here in America, and just a teaser, me and Joe was talking on the Hispanic side of it, uh, we was talking a while back about it, and Joe made a mention, He, uh, you remember, you almost wondered if it wasn't, because a lot of your Hispanics, the cultures are intertwined with the First Nations people down there, yeah. and, and in saying that, well, that's going to be an upcoming show before too long and I hope y'all enjoy it but uh, I'd like Joe to go over his contact information one more time that way if anybody wants to go out with him in South Texas or has any stories that they can contact and now folks when I when I do say this Joe is Will Jevening's representative he is a uh, field operative in that district correct yes sir so when you do contact him, the association that Joe represents himself to you will be for Will. Uh, he takes. I also don't mind handing you any, you know, encounters that you know. That well, Will like. comes first. You know what I mean? I mean, Will, yeah. you you represent Will's organization. I'm not an organization. The only organization that I associate with and affiliate with is Southern Bigfoot Alliance. I'm a member of a lot of them, but that's the only one I associate with. But so in saying that, folks, when you contact Joe. Don't expect him to just come blaring to me. Uh, he's probably going to take it to Will and let, you know, and but Joe will be the your representative in that area. So in saying that, I'll shut up. Joe, you can tell him your, your contact information. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, like Gary was saying, I'm part of uh, the Judging Research Group, and my contact information is uh, jrg.fieldcountry at gmail.com. And if you're here in Texas or and you want to get together back, Shoot me an email, let me know. I certainly don't mind going out with anyone as long as you behave yourself. Uh, that's the main thing because uh, when I go out there, I, yeah, we're looking for Bigfoot, but you know what? We're, we're having a good time too. We're trying to, you know, uh, create bonds and uh, create memories, you know. And if we find Bigfoot, man, that's even better. But you know what? Just go out there and just have a good time and just get together. And you can tell lies about a campfire. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I could use some of that campfire time i'm yeah. stuck in this studio too much uh in saying that folks hope you enjoyed the show joe 
I know we're going to have you on a bunch, but I've really appreciated it. Uh, folks, I'm going to shut her down at this point, and me and Joe is going to continue a, a, a few little things here. But, folks, if you have any uh, questions, comments, or suggestions, uh, contact us uh, through Poor Boys Paranormal Podcast on Facebook.com. You can also search up Graveyard Cowboy at, on Facebook, and it'll pop it in. We're also on the Internet at poorboysparanormalpodcast.com. You can also contact us on YouTube via comments. We have a YouTube channel. The link is just go on YouTube and type in either Graveyard Cowboy or Poor Boys Paranormal Podcast. And then saying that, if you have any questions, suggestions, uh, anything, just contact us. You want to be on the show, contact us on Facebook. Get a hold of Joe. Uh, just route him whichever direction you want him to go. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Hit like and subscribe if you would, please. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Good night, people.